Hello everyone and welcome to our first ever episode of Taboo Talk. I'm Paula, I'm your host, co-founder and CTO of D-Stick Fam. I'm joined today by my three amazing teammates, Gigi, my co-founder, Beren, head of engineering, and Simran, CMO. For anyone that doesn't know, D-Stick Fam is the startup that we founded in October 2022. It's a mental wellness startup made for ambitious women like us who might struggle on a daily basis with the thousands thousands of taboos and stereotypes in society today. With Taboo Talks, we want to break down these stereotypes, which is why there's going to be absolutely no censoring. We're going to give advice, we're going to share life stories, interview people, debate, do these amazing things to empower women and young females out there. We're going to keep the introduction going, and I want to welcome my lovely team. Hi! Hello. <laughs> You guys can introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Simran, and I'm super excited to be here today, Paula. Hello, I'm Gigi, and I'm also very excited to be here. I can't wait to share all my story. Hi, everyone. I'm Beren, and I'm so excited to share our experiences through our journey. I don't know if you guys saw, but the question of the day is, when was a time that you felt uncomfortable with being a woman? I can start. Okay. In Turkey, most of the women get uncomfortable walking on the streets with what they want to wear because the men there are pretty judgmental and make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, even though you feel comfortable what you like to wear yourself. So sometimes I feel very, very scared for my safety when I'm walking down the street. Um, so... One of the experiences I had earlier on was in high school um, when I used to take like a lot of like business related classes. It was very like male dominated. There was literally all guys. And, you know, I would always get nervous to like do presentations because I would see them laughing at the way I talked. And just in general, being a woman who wanted to, you know, become an entrepreneur who had big visions. And I felt like that was Um, being questioned a lot and it just felt very uncomfortable to step out of my comfort zone and be judged. I think I've experienced it in several occasions so I think it just in general it's very uncomfortable when people judge you for the way you look, the way you dress, the way you talk and you know put these standards on you and these like stereotypes that might not apply and it makes it hard harder for us women to prove ourselves we have to work twice as hard and I think that has to change so I have experienced a lot of times where I've been in a group project where as Simran said it might be a male dominated space and I felt like I wasn't listened to as much as I could be and that my opinion wasn't valued as highly as my male peers so I really want to change this and empower women to you know keep wearing what they're wearing keep talking like they talk and sticking by their values without compromising you know their identities and becoming masculinized only to fit in so that's something really important for me yeah so I think we all agree that most definitely women get judged much and I want to dive deeper in how that makes us feel because I know for me like sometimes especially like work environments like you guys say like you're doing a group project or whatever like I'm a CS major so a girl in CS like that's already like shocking and like I have never had a person guess my major just because how I look 
and they'll be like oh you must be like advertising or like marketing or whatever um and it's like that like stereotype that like women who have confidence can't be like smart as well so how does like the judgment make you feel like in your like day-to-day does it like affect you guys um so as a also like you said paula uh as a woman in computer engineering myself sometimes i'm the only girl in class and sometimes even if i want to ask a question i see the people looking at me and i see that they're underestimating because uh, because of me being a female and i feel like men usually when they see a woman in these subjects they don't like take us that seriously and underestimate us but I'm also happy about this because we can show them wrong and prove them wrong. And we are doing mm. that even when we're doing this right now. So it's nice to just like show them that we're not any less. I'm also a leader in a club, in the entrepreneurship club at BU. And I think females in leadership really struggle because some males, especially when you're the same age and have a similar career path, they can be intimidated by your position and even if it's not consciously subconsciously there's all these bias that you know that we grew up with and that get engraved in our brains and that you know without thinking about it they affect how we talk and how we treat other people and i think that's something that a lot of uh women leaders experience all these subconscious bias against them and you know really as simran said and miran said questioning them and making them work twice as hard to prove themselves you know if they're acting a little bit more loud one day because you know they had a bad day they'll call them bossy or like crazy right crazy emotional Mm -hmm. and I think that's so wrong and I think you know a lot I think one of our strengths as women is we have a lot of empathy and we're very emotional and that can be something good even though sometimes I can be you know a little bit more passionate and intense I think that's something good and it it shouldn't automatically be associated with being bossy with being you know bitchy or being crazy emotional and I think that's something that's really important yeah I completely agree with you Gigi um I you know feel like whenever these days happen where like I'm doubted for you know just saying something being open I'm someone that likes to be very vocal I think it ends up being this vicious cycle of self-doubt that happens um as a result it's really hard because that cycle just keeps going on and unless you have like a network to rely on to really go to and have support empowerment it's it's really really difficult and I feel like I didn't find that until like recently you know I remember hearing at a talk that like at some point, everybody will have access to, like, you know, um, the internet. Everyone will have access to clean water. But when will we have access to, like, equal opportunities as women? That's something I'm, like, impatient about. And uh, all of us are. And that's why we are here to make that change. We are still at this point where we have to, you know, take initiative. And it's not really built into our system. We right now have to be the disruptors. That's why I'm excited to be a part of this project. I remember, Paula, that you told me once someone someone was asking a question in computer science and they yeah. wouldn't ask you. And I know you teach and you yeah. help a lot of students, but, you know, they would ask the male, yeah. the male, like, assistant, which is crazy to me. Yeah, this was a funny story. It was 
one of my now friends actually but it was like a whole table of like cs people just like working on the homework and i had done like questions one two and three and he had done like five and six and i saw him struggling with question two and i was like do you want me to help you and he was like no it's okay i got it i got it and i was like okay five minutes later he stands up he goes to the ta i was like no i like i'll explain like you just have to do this 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 and this and he was like oh, okay goes to the ta asks comes back he goes yeah he said the same thing you did and i was like okay still has not asked me another question i had a similar experience actually it was before an exam and a guy was going around asking a question that he didn't know about the exam it was like a question about like circuits so he goes around and like asks random people up for the answer and then like for the logic he picks like guys of yeah, course of course and then I called him out and I was like, why don't you ask me? <laughs> and then he comes to me and he he's like unwillingly. And then I explained to him and I saw that in his face, like he regretted it, like not coming and approaching me. Literally wasting time asking other men. Just ask the pretty girl and she'll know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> also, like Gigi said, like I'm a TA. A lot of guy students won't come up to me. Last year I used to teach like it was a guy and me. They would always wait for the guy to be like free and they would ask him and I would just sit there and I was like, do you have a question? And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's OK. I'll just ask him. And I was like, That's so <laughs> you know, I'm here, too. You know, I just think sometimes they don't realize that they have these bias that they've, you know, grown up with. They don't realize it. So. I think it's more about us being empowered enough to talk about it and educate ourselves about these issues so that we are aware and so, so that we know that it's not our fault, that it's not their fault. It's just the way society has been mm. brought up. And I think our generation specifically is one that can change this uh, through education and empowerment of us women because yeah. we can spread the word. We can, you know, make people think about it and really look into themselves and assess what their like prejudice is and I know sometimes it's hard I've tried to do it you know some people mm -hmm. be oh don't bring gender into this you know I've heard that quite a lot but you have to keep pushing and keep talking about it until and I they think, realize yeah and I think in the end they'll they're gonna realize it and I know at Questrom we do a class that's focused on you know bias and how to be self-aware of them also, they bring out gender whenever they want to, like in the relationships between <laughs> a woman and a man. Yeah. What should woman do? What should a man do? Man should pay, blah, blah, blah. Like they bring it up whenever they want to. So there's, I don't see a problem with us bringing it up when we want to. I'm going to get into that. What about men should pay? <laughs> I mean, I think it's more of a cultural thing for me. Um, for me, I would probably like pay like the same amount. Or maybe just me paying or him paying like one by one. But if it's like a cultural thing and the woman is like okay and the man is okay with it, like I'm not gonna judge. I don't know when it got to be like a power thing. You paying doesn't mean like yeah, you're no. better than me. It just means that you care enough. I think it's a pay. gesture, like a yeah. kind gesture, you know. Um, yeah, not because um, sorry. Yeah. Nowadays it's like um, if I pay. Not I own you, but, like, you owe me something, you know? Or, like, it's it needs to be talked about. Like, it needs to be, like, realized. A situation. Everything needs to be a situation yes. today. Yes, yes. Okay, so Gigi just shared a really good stat with us. 
74% of female executives believe that their male counterparts do not experience feelings of self-doubt as much as female leaders do. 74 is really high. It is. I'm actually reading a book from my humanities class, I think, called Why Does Patriarchy Persist? And it's like it does emphasize how women, because of their caring nature and all that, there is like an expectation to self-sacrifice so much and I think that does bring in like a lot of self-doubt because they're like if you prioritize yourself your well-being your career you know your future like that seems wrong sometimes and I think that does bring in like a lot of self-doubt and like you kind of constantly think like am I doing the right thing like am I Mm -hmm. like should I not be like should I be going to school? Should I not be going to school? Should I be like making a lot of money as much as my husband or like more than them? Like it, those kind of things can make you question so much and overthink. And I feel like that needs to stop. I think it's just very unhealthy for your mind. Like at the end of the day, your well-being, your health matters so much. And just letting that self-doubt bring your quality of life down is, is not great. And it is unfortunate to hear that 74%, three out of four women feel that. It's crazy. As you said, like we four we're very like we all want to make money we all want to like be super successful but there is no reason for us to like think that we shouldn't be doing that so what if you make more than your husband again that doesn't mean you're more powerful if he deserves it go for it if i deserve it more and i have more money if you dare judge me you dare say something he's not gonna be my husband (laughs) that's because we don't judge them yeah exactly like we'd be happy for them and then the second that you're doing better than them it's like oh well actually this isn't working out yeah there's like a quote my dad like kind of relates to this um he sent it to me like back in high school he's like become the ceo that your parents want you to marry and then find someone you actually like (laughs) so i guess it kind of relates to this that like we're not liking someone for their career or their income or their like lifestyle we should be liking the person who they are and when it comes to like our career i think we should be focusing that on ourselves we shouldn't Mm -hmm. be worrying about someone else's potential like we should be working on like expanding our potential and so that kind of relates a little bit to this where the idea of caring how much income one person brings to the table honestly at the end of the day isn't that's not really what's gonna hold like yeah, a relationship exactly. or a friendship and also i always say this i always say that in relationship you have to be selfish and with your career you also have to be selfish something that i wanted to talk about because it hits really close to my heart is this statistic about women they only represent 14 percent of solo startup founders in 2021 And they only received 2% of funding, so VC-funded venture capital. For us, it's concerning because we're all startup founders here. And when you hear this statistic that only 2% of money goes into startup-funded businesses, this is really hard to hear and very discouraging for a lot of women. I know... We had a talk the other day with Daniela Pearson. I know she started business. Now she's very successful, but she didn't get any funding. And now she's grateful for it. But it's such a huge problem. And I think the root cause of it is that money goes to men 
and a lot of the money that's invested and moved around is controlled by men. Therefore, they're more likely to invest in men, right? So we need more women in these higher positions of power and leadership so that we can pave the path for other younger women, invest in startup female founders, you know, bring that to more equal because we're losing so much potential right now and females come up with different ideas and that doesn't mean it's bad. That could be huge opportunity in the world and I think, you know, investing in more women would would make such a huge difference. So I think that's also crazy to hear, right? Like when it comes to the big decisions of who's creating the future, who's starting the businesses that affect everyone every day, These are men. These are men that are getting money, that are being funded. And, you know, there's only 2% of women. I know a girl at Harvard is starting Girls Who VC. She's great, you know. She's bringing more girls into VC. But the root cause is not VC, is female founders. Because those female founders that become successful go into, you know, these higher positions of power where they have the resources to invest in younger females and, you know, give back. So I think it starts there and it starts now and here with us being female founders and tackling and talking about that. Yeah, because like as you said, like it's so discouraging. Just hearing that statistic, you're already like, oh, then maybe not, you know? But just because something's going to be harder doesn't mean like you shouldn't do it. So this doesn't apply to us for now or maybe like ever, but most of history, women were seen as like partners to the male. And they had certain like positions, roles to get the household going, look after the children, blah, blah, blah. And they don't have the necessary education because people don't give the opportunity to them. And so they end up having like these great ideas. Maybe they think about it all the time. They're, we're, I think we're even more creative than most of the men. But I don't think they had the time to, like, tackle them. They didn't have support like men did. That's one of the reasons why, like, right now we're changing the stigma. But at the old days, most women didn't have the time. Like, they didn't have time for themselves. They didn't spare time to get better for well-being. This is why we're also doing the newsletter, this podcast. Like, the whole purpose of DStigFam is doing this to like Gigi said pave the pathway for like more women to be encouraged to find time for themselves to be better at what they are passionate about and just not think about oh this is what I have to do I have to look after my children I have to do this I have to cook food and I have to get my relationship going with my partner so we're hoping that these will help every woman that feels this way definitely and also like as you said like it comes from like way back for us we're at college we've already like made it the fight that we're at college you know in some countries girls don't even get to go to college exactly like like, that's how like bad it is the fact that we're already thinking like we get the chance we have our start like we're starting a business and for me personally i know i had like a big push from gg because if not i wouldn't have i would have just gone with the rest and like okay i go to college i get married that's it and that's why we're here to push other females into this world and know they they can do it I remember we went to the hackathon and yeah. it was so intimidating <laughs> because so int- we were one of the few girls, you know, that spoke Spanish, dressed very fashionably. So we really stood out and it was 
It was funny, but it was empowering because we were there together. Brianne was also there. It was really great because, you know, we just by being there, we're changing the conversation and we're me- making more people used to seeing people like us there. Yeah. I'm sure you guys also realize people staring at us. Oh, for yeah. sure. And us having to, because at a hackathon, you have to find your group and like have your idea. Us having to go to talk to this intimidating man, they are like <laughs> staring you up and down like, what are you doing here you definitely don't belong here and like we won i know but having to do that was hard but we ended up becoming friends with 10 10 yeah i think one of the reasons why we won as well is because we brought such an original idea yeah you know all those the people at, at these hackathons have similar upbringings you know similar levels of education and computer science and just very focused on math just very academic yeah. yeah so coming from different backgrounds different experiences that shape us as women we can bring a lot of valuable things to the table and a lot of new original ideas so i think that that was an advantage for us actually also like this is an example of like in a fair field our idea won like we were yeah. we had the same opportunities as them like it was a like ideal world where like people all tell their ideas and the idea that we had won exactly. but it's definitely like more inspiring like when a female makes it you know she had to work for it yeah i know we don't have a lot of time but can we talk about the toxicity and the aggressive culture in college right now with competing with each other and you know being a gatekeeper and being a gatekeeper i don't know when did that become a thing in high school like my friends and i we would always share everything like yeah help it's crazy here when i ask like help from my friend he goes oh the professor is actually really really like hard on like copying i was like why do you assume that i'm gonna copy you i'm I'm just just asking for help yeah yeah um to add on to that like you know going to the career fairs let's say for example focused on like finance or real estate there is mainly guys that are there and i still won't forget this experience with its competitiveness i was at a career fair louis last semester and i just asked a guy who was behind me if he could like hold my spot in line because i said i just need to quickly grab a flyer from another uh, Mm -hmm. station because i have to run out Uh and then i came back and like the line moved up and i said I'm back and he's like go to the back of the line <gasps> he was very rude he's like i'm keeping this spot look the toxic competitiveness yeah it's like just help her you're at a career for get over yourself i know he's like oh like i've been standing here like you just get to the back of the line what? and so i was kind of shaken experiencing that i was like wow like that was my first taste of the yeah. competitiveness what and then, was your reaction I just froze and then I was then I just left the career fair. I was like oh I kind of didn't feel like I wanted to be in there anymore. Like I want to be excited when I'm talking to someone yeah. and he just kind of took away that excitement from me. And so that's something I really hope that can we can change in Questrom that we're excited to like innovate but we're not going to pull each other down instead just like bring each other up. That's going to make an even bigger difference. Like right now I feel like people are just obsessed with having a specific salary, living in yeah. a specific place, but I think that None of that's going to be important at the end of the day if we're just all, like, fighting with each other. Like, it's not going to create, like, healthy relationship, healthy mindset. We should stop wasting our time thinking about that and put it to better use. I think this should be, like, a topic of the next, like, podcast. Just saying, why are people this competitive? Why people want to earn these salaries? Is it because they see this perfect lives on, like, social media and they want to be like them? empowering media 
is different than social media mm-hmm. with df our goal is to like end this cycle of idolizing people's lives and trying to achieve and be like them yeah we'll do a further course. deep dive but yeah to wrap it up basically there's so many different paths to life and just because you took a different path or you came from a different path doesn't mean like you're gonna be less successful with that df ladies the first episode of taboo talks comes to an end stay tuned for what's coming and especially who is coming and feel free to send any specific questions you have to dstickfem at gmail.com follow us on instagram also at dstickfem and on linkedin thank you guys for coming thank you for listening thank Thank you so much bye